Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello and welcome back to the Mindset Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Lara Young. And this week we're continuing on from our episode last week, which is all about what does a mindset coach actually do? Now, last week we looked at the various areas that a mindset coach will focus on, that a mindset coach has skills and tools and techniques that they use to help their clients to create change and get results at the conscious and unconscious level. And we're going to be continuing on with that today. And we'll also, of course, be having another adventure in our 52 Adventures to Change Your Life series. So if you tuned into last week's episode, we looked at the following areas and we explored that mindset coaches work with thoughts, they work with emotions, habits, strategies, behaviours, and shadow behaviours. So we covered those all off last week. Now, today I'd like to continue on with that by looking at the other elements that make up mindset and that mindset coaches really do pay attention to, that we really do want to get deep insight about when we're working with our clients and that we have tools and techniques that we can use at the conscious and the unconscious or subconscious level to help our clients to heal the past, to change their patterns of thinking, behaviour, belief, etc., so that they can move forward and create and live the future that they actually desire. So the first area that we're going to be looking at today is beliefs. Now, beliefs are very, very powerful. All beliefs are actually preceded by a limiting decision. A limiting decision is a decision that we make often very early on in life about something that we can't do or something that we won't do. And limiting decisions can be things like I can't be visible because I'll be embarrassed or I can't lose weight because I'm big boned or I can't meet a partner because I'm too old or I can't get a job. Now, it's interesting because when we create a limiting decision, we decide that something is impossible for us, then what happens is that there are a series of beliefs that form to actually support that decision. And then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I believe, if I make a decision that I won't get the job or I can't get the job, then what will happen is, of course, my actions are going to support that decision or that belief. 
And how they're going to support it is that if I don't believe that I am going to get a job or I won't get the job, at the conscious level, it may mean that I may not write as good an application for the job as I ordinarily could have, or it might mean that I won't even put in an application. At the unconscious or subconscious level, what that could mean is that I will be late for the job interview, that I will inadequately prepare. Now, it's very interesting how these beliefs, these decisions and these beliefs actually permeate everything. They permeate our thinking and then they drive our action or inaction. And the even more interesting thing, of course, is that they're typically created in the early imprint stage of our development, so often before we're even pre-verbal. And so they're created at a time when those beliefs are not actually our own. They are beliefs that we take on from the adults in our lives at the time. So typically we take on our beliefs from our parents, what we hear them say, what we see them do, uh, our teachers, uh, our wider family members, and to some extent our peers at school. Now, these beliefs, because we take them on and we take them on as a, like a sponge, we take them in, we, we haven't actually got the logic part of the brain to actually discern from, you know, whether or not they might be true or valid or relevant. Um, because that part of our, our brain, the prefrontal cortex, is not yet developed, we can't discern, we can't make decisions about whether or not they are valid. And so we take them on. And the interesting thing is that because we take them on, we take these thoughts on as being true, then the unconscious mind likes to be right. So it works to actually go and prove that those beliefs are right. And so it means that we won't take action. It means that we may inadvertently start to sabotage ourselves. So say, for example, you were the angel Gabriel in your school play when you were five years old. And during that play, you accidentally tripped over one of the shepherd's staffs who was on stage with you. And as you tripped over, you fell and the audience erupted into spontaneous laughter. Now, at that point, you may have actually made a decision and made a complex equivalence in your mind that being visible, being on stage, being on front of pe in front of people actually leads to ridicule. It doesn't go well for you. And so you make a decision then that as a result, you don't want to be visible. You don't want to, you're never going to get on stage again and you're certainly never going to do public speaking. And you make this decision and it gets tucked away and then you may develop a belief that you're no good at public speaking. And it all stems from one seemingly innocent event very early on. And, of course, then that may show up that you, when you're in the corporate world, you don't want to uh, present at a meeting. You might miss out on opportunities because you decide that it's not worth the ridicule, it's not worth potential risk or harm, your unconscious mind wants you to be safe of actually getting up there and doing a presentation, however advantageous it could be to your career. It may be that when you're at university, you could have been on the debate team or you could have been in another play. Um, and so it can really have an impact that as a business owner online, for example, you don't want to be visible on social media because of that decision that you made and the beliefs about yourself and your capability, your deservedness and worthiness 
that were created at that time. And so what happens is your reticular activation system will start to go out and prove you right. And it may even start to do things that will sabotage your success in those events. Now, sometimes those areas of sabotage can be things like um, that are very that are very visible. Um, so things like, oh, you know, the tech, the tech's not going to work. Sometimes there's a direct physiological response as well. So it may be, for example, that you get a sore throat every time you are wanting to present. Something will happen. You'll have a sore throat. It may even get in result in a flare-up of tonsillitis or maybe you'll, um, and that's really your throat chakra saying, okay, well, it's not safe for me to be visible. It is not safe for me to communicate. And it's interesting because there is that direct relationship, remembering mind and body are one, between what we believe to be true about ourselves and the world around us and the physical manifestation of that, how our bodies can actually inadvertently sabotage us us, um, because our unconscious mind kind of takes over and says, hang on a minute, we better protect you. Um, We better keep you safe. It's not safe to go out there and be doing these things. We don't want to repeat of that Angel Gabriel incident. Now, of course, we do have beliefs as well that are very useful for us, you know, beliefs that we're capable, belief that anything is possible, beliefs that we are worthy, that we are ultimately deserving of all the good that life has to offer. So they can help us. Now, they can also hinder us. And when they hinder us, what we need to know is that we can change them. The beauty about beliefs is that they can be changed. And you are in control of what you believe to be true about yourself. Now, as mindset coaches, what we do is we use a range of conscious and unconscious belief change techniques. And what we do is we help to identify, first of all, these limiting beliefs and limiting decisions. We use tools like the Mindset Dimensions Report, for example, to do this. We also use conversational diagnostic tools to do this. And then what we can do is we can replace those beliefs with beliefs that are actually going to help our clients to achieve their goals and achieve the results that they desire. We're going to replace those beliefs that hinder our clients with ones that help them. And then we're going to help them to really embrace them by using tasking, by really helping them to embed them, by helping them to take action by helping them to recognize and look for evidence that supports their new belief, their new, more resourceful belief that we have installed. Because beliefs aren't true. Beliefs are not true. They either help us or they hinder us. And it is what we pay attention to, what we gather evidence for. And so the more that we can help our clients to identify their beliefs, examine their beliefs and look at where they come from. Because often, as I've said, the belief isn't yours. Where did the belief come from? Is it yours or someone else's? Who are you when you believe this thought? And who are you when you believe another thought, a more resourceful belief, a more positive, proactive, empowering belief? And knowing these things and helping our clients to understand these things can really help them to move forwards and take action in a way that a person who has 
resourceful beliefs takes action towards their goals and towards making those things happen. Now, the next thing is our history. Now, the interesting thing is that we repeat patterns in our lives until we learn a lesson. We keep working for that same bullying boss. We keep dating that same type of partner who may not be good for us over and over again until we learn the lesson. It would be a different boss every time. It will be a different partner every time. But until we learn the lesson and we can unhook and release ourselves from that, then we're going to keep repeating those patterns. We also know that past behaviour predicts future behaviour. Now, your client's behaviour, their habits, their strategies are such great predictors of what they're going to be doing in the future. And the reason for that is this. Your client to date, where they are right now, and of course your client could be you, (laughs) where you are right now, is because you've been repeating those behaviours, you've been repeating those patterns, you have been doing things over and over again that have brought you to where you are today. You've been making decisions that have brought you to where you are today. And if what you where you are today is not what where you want to be, if what you're doing isn't working, then we need to make a change. We cannot expect to keep engaging in the same behaviour and get a different result. So what we want to be able to do is we want to, as mindset coaches, understand our clients' behaviour, including their behavioural preferences, as we've talked about, and What we want to be able to do is to understand and help our clients understand what is the inherent lesson in that. Because when we understand the past and we release ourselves from it, so it may be that our clients become triggered by something that, you know, something happens and it's a cue for them to behave in a certain way or to run a certain pattern or a strategy or a habit. When we can help our clients to release from the past, to unshackle themselves from all those stories they've been telling themselves, all those behaviours they've been engaging in, then they can they can really release. So we want to understand the past so we can release ourselves from it. And the past cannot control your future unless you live there. So sometimes we find that our clients are living in the past. They want to talk a lot about what's happened in the past. They want to talk about the problem. They want to talk about all the things that have gone wrong in their lives. Now, it becomes a bit like a country and Western song, doesn't it? And so what we want to actually do to move them forward is to help them to understand what is the inherent lesson in these patterns. What are they here to learn, the learning of which will enable them to move on? And reality is that we are in control of our history, of how we perceive our history. And so as mindset coaches, what we do is we use detailed personal history, change personal history, and the creating your future process from timeline therapy to help our clients to understand the past and then to move forward, to learn the lesson, break free, release from it, and then move forward so that we can begin to create a new story, to create new patterns, and to create new ways of showing up in our lives, in their lives. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button 
to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. So the next thing is values. Now, values, again, reside in your unconscious mind and they drive your motivation. Values are what are important to us and values shape the direction of our motivation. Are we focusing towards what we want or away from what we don't want? Now, it's really important that we understand our clients' values and that those values are in alignment with their goals, otherwise they won't happen. And we do this through a range of different tools. Now, we use a values elicitation process and a values change process so that what we can do is to help our clients have a really deep discussion about their values and what's important to them. And we're really interested in going beyond, you know, a shopping list of values with our clients. What we want to do is elicit that first list of values in a specific context because we always elicit values in a specific context of our clients' lives. So, for example, we may elicit values in relation to health if we're a health coach or we may elicit values in relation to career. Depending on the type of work that you're doing, you're going, it's always going to be in the context in which the problem exists. We elicit the values. Now, very quick way to elicit values is to use the Mindset Dimensions Report where your clients will rank your values. They'll rank a set of eight values. Um, and you can use that then as the foundation for understanding deeply what do those, those values actually mean to your client. Now, Say, for example, one of my values was freedom. What freedom means to me, what I am doing when I'm free, how I'm feeling when I have freedom will be completely different for you. The same with success, the same with love, the same with security. And so what we want to do is to follow up with a values interview and a values process with our clients so that we and they deeply understand what those values mean, how they're actually present or not in their clients' lives and where they need to be in the values hierarchy. How important are they? And potentially, how important do they need to be? And you know what? One of the biggest indicators of what someone's values are is their behaviour. So again, you can start to see there's a correlation and alignment between all of these areas. So if, for example, you have, you're a fitness coach and you are eliciting your client's values for their health and they actually say, well, actually health is my number one value. And yet you know that they're saying health is their number one value and yet on Thursday, Friday and Saturday night, they go out and they binge drink, um, that they're not exercising, they're not really taking care of their body or their mind in the way that someone who does have health as a higher value would do. And there's an inconsistency and incongruency there and a misalignment. And so that's really where we want to start to work with our clients. And you can also have great discussions with your clients then about what does that value mean and how are they living and breathing that value in their everyday life. And this is such an insightful process that you can use with your clients. So values are a very important part of mindset. Now, the next element of mindset is our memories. And again, memories reside in our unconscious mind. Now, memories are actually 
a remembering of the last time that you remembered something. You're not remembering the actual situation. You're remembering the last time that you thought about that memory. Now, memories actually are very closely linked to the emotion. They reside in the emotions along the gestalt. And memories are really interesting because they get intermingled by the stories we've been told, by films we've watched, maybe photos we've seen of ourselves and books you've read. So say, for example, your parents say to you, oh, you remember the first day of school, you wanted to take Bunny with you and, you know, you thought the socks were really itchy and then when you let, when you came home, you skipped out of the gate to see me saying you'd have the best first day ever and that you loved school. Reality is that you may not remember that specific incident, but in the retelling of it, maybe you've got a first day at school photo. I certainly know that I do. Um, And, you know, that becomes part of your story, part of the memory of that occasion. The other thing that's important to remember as well is that memories are past, present and future. And this is really interesting when we think about the way in which we can visualise the, the, the future, in the way in which we can remember the past and in the present, every moment, this moment now is going into your memory bank and we can really access memories, we can create memories through the great power of our unconscious mind. Now, as mindset coaches, we actually work context-free in the content of, with memories. We work content-free and we work with the emotions and we release negative unwanted emotions, beliefs, uncertainties and doubts to clear up the past and to focus on the future. And so what we're doing is we're freeing up our clients to be able to use their experiences, their histories in a really positive way. Now, the final piece of the mindset puzzle is our identity. Now, identity is really about how we see ourselves. Like, who are you fundamentally? If you were to answer the I am statement, what would follow? I am, I am, I am. And it's a really interesting exercise to do. And thinking about, well, who are you? Who do you see yourselves as? And who do you need to be in order to achieve your goals? Who is the you that you're stepping into, that you're growing into, that you're becoming? You already are them, of course, but you're growing into that. Who is that person? Because you can be the future you right now and you're in control of that. Now, mindset coaches know the importance of the client's identity when it comes to getting the results that they desire. And the interesting thing is that You know, if you think about it, when we think about our I am statements, there's a big difference between, say, for example, you wanted to get fit, between saying to yourself, you know, um, I am getting fit or I am exercising to I am a runner. When you embrace the phrase I am a runner, there's an embodiment part of that right? If you say it to yourself, I am a runner, there's a visualization, there's a representation of what that actually means for you. What we want to do is we want to harness that. So for example, I am a successful mindset coach. As you say that to yourself, or I am a successful and insert whatever you are, whatever you do, then what comes up for you? What comes up for you? What do you see? What do you hear? What are you saying to yourself? 
as you're embracing that thought, that I am statement about your identity. And as you step into that, the I am, it it evokes a whole lot of different things. It evokes the thoughts that you'll have. It evokes the beliefs that you'll have. It evokes the values. It evokes the behaviours. It evokes the strategies and habits that you'll have. It evokes the skills and capabilities that you'll be using. And so when we have when we actually step into that, the identity of being that person, of being the runner, of being a successful mindset coach, of being a kind and loving mother, of being a an excellent and caring friend, you know, those statements then evoke a whole lot more than just a role that we play. And so as mindset coaches, we really want to understand who our client perceive themselves to be and then help them to shift that perception so that they're embracing that full sensory experience of that identity so that they can actually embrace their identity and be that person who achieves those goals who lives the life that they want to live, who does the things that they need to do in order to create the success that they truly desire. And, you know, it's really, I mean, the whole piece, as you've seen, of mindset is just so, so powerful. When we think about it being all of those elements, what you think, what you believe about yourself, your history, your experiences, your values, your behaviours, your behavioural preferences, it all comes together so beautifully. And as coaches, we need to understand our client's mindset deeply in order to be able to do the work that is going to transform them, that's going to transform the results that they get and to help them to step into that ultimate version of themselves, which, you know, that they desire to, to show up fully as who they really are and to release from those behaviours, those patterns, those thoughts, beliefs, et cetera, that really don't serve them. And that's why as well we have a range of tools and techniques that we use in order to help our clients do those things. So we're able to understand mindset at a really deep level through the diagnostic work that we do. And then once we know and we have insight into our client's mindset, then we can really clearly and easily choose the modalities that we're going to use in order to help them to create that shift and change. And whether those modalities are conscious level coaching modalities, whether they are, whether it's hypnotherapy, whether it's timeline therapy, whether it's EFT, whether it's using some positive psychology, whether it's using NLP techniques, whatever it is, because we know how to use those skills, we are able to help our clients transform and we help them transform in a really, really lasting way. So we now come to 52 Adventures to Change Your Life for this week. Now, this week, it's a really, it's one of my favourite ones. Um, I love to read. I have always loved to read right from when I was a young child. And one of my earliest memories is of my mum making me a library bag. And we would go to the library and we would get books from the library every week. And I think at that stage you could have five, I think you could take five home. And it was always an occasion of great joy. 
being able to go and choose those books, take them home and read them. And either my mum and dad will read them to me, or as I got older, of course, I would read them for myself. And, you know, I stopped going to the library. And then when I had children of my own, I rejoined and I rediscovered this whole world of adventure and enjoyment and excitement and education and fun and insight. And so this week's adventure is I'd like you to join a library. I would like you to join your local library. Now, obviously, we have maybe some constraints depending on where you live in the world for doing that at the moment because of the pandemic. Um, But if you can do, I would love you to go and join your library or if you're a member of a library and you've just dust off your library card and go and go to the library, get a book out, get two, five. I don't know how many they allow you these days. I think it's about 10. It's quite a lot. Um, So go to the library. Maybe there's a music library online that you can visit. Maybe there's an online library that you can visit. But do that and just remember the absolute joy and pleasure that you derive from reading, from being in that space. And, hey, listen, if you're not someone who's really embrace reading, go to the library and get out a cookery book or a gardening book or go and read a magazine or download the music that they've got there. There are so many different resources in libraries these days. So whatever you do with this adventure, I'm looking forward to learning how you enjoy it, how it opens up your world, what you learn by doing it. And of course, these adventures are all in my book, 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, available on Amazon. Uh, in the book, there is each adventure. And then and then after each adventure, there is a space for you to journal, to write down your experience of the adventure. And we've got lots of people doing these individually, but also we've got them doing as families, which is a great activity to do as well. So that's it for this week. Have a great time having your adventure. And I really look forward to seeing you back with the Mindset Coach podcast next week. And remember, If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a comment and subscribe. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.